Welcome to Procurement Reimagined, a podcast by Gatekeeper. We believe traditional procurement has had its day, the world is changing, and our industry needs to change with it. On the podcast, we share the best practices to help you streamline your procurement processes, navigate vendor onboarding, and ultimately get the most value out of your vendor contracts. I'm your host, Daniel Barnes. Today, I'm joined by Natalia Pilipchak, Transformation and Excellence Director at Mobile Telesystems to discuss the evolution of procurement from a support role to a leading role in facilitating customer-facing teams to be more agile, efficient, and effective. Natalia has 16 years of leadership exposure to procurement and sourcing across global enterprises like Philips, Unilever, and Microsoft. In this episode, she shares her insights on why procurement is a hidden gem for business growth. When enabled with technology skills and a mindset shift, procurement analytics becomes an enabler for customer-facing verticals to amplify growth. So just get back to it. How are you today? Are you good? Uh, yes, I'm good. I'm absolutely fine. So thank you very much for inviting me to this recording because it's always nice to talk about some professional issues, but to do it in very, let's say, cozy atmosphere and, uh, let's say, few crazy weeks before Christmas. Yeah, I think people have this idea that you can almost dial it down and calm down a little bit before Christmas. But my experiences have always been the opposite. It's always been, it's more manic than ever. You're typically in a rush. Sometimes, depending on your company, it might be end of year budgets. You're sometimes just trying to spend money before the next budget window, or you're just trying to get stuff closed off so you can kick off early next year. So uh, it's normally a mad rush. Yeah. And to plan some KPIs for the coming year. Yeah, that's it. That's a really good point. I've seen quite a few posts on LinkedIn about December is quite a good month for self-reflection of yourself and your team and to start planning key performance indicators or your targets or OKRs or however your organization works. It's a good month to do it in. Sure. And to get some, to reflect on the results of the existing year and to put something in mind for the coming year. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. Before we uh, go into the sort of the meat of this episode, could you uh, just give me a bit of a background? So I was going through the research that <laughs> has been put together before, and uh, you've had uh, quite a few different positions over the years, probably over the last sort of 20 years to a very senior level. And some of them sounded quite amazing as well. So it'd be cool to get that sort of background there. Okay, sure. And just maybe to introduce myself to our guests, a few words about myself and then a few words about my background. Yeah, of course. So I'm Natalia Pilipchak. I'm a procurement professional and I have been working in several multinational companies and in a few local companies, big companies like Unilever, Nokia, Philips Light in a few local uh, projects. And maybe it's official part of introduction. And if I tell about myself in one word, uh, I would say that I'm a connector. That's why I maybe spent few years in Nokia, which was connecting people. And what I enjoy in my background that I have graduated from uh, several universities. The first one was the humanitarian one. So I have the background in sociology. So, and then I moved to got the master's degree in finance and late in supply chain. And I think that all my positions are kind of a combination uh, between people relationship and dealing with absolutely different people and numbers and uh, technologists. 
you're right. I worked in several multinational companies. And since we talk mostly about procurement, my journey in procurement started in Unilever a little bit less than 20 years ago. I have been working in marketing controller, so I deal with many marketing people with uh, multiple brands, and uh, I simply help them to report their numbers uh, at the end of the month and the end of the years. And uh, I gather it many cost estimates, many contracts, put them into order. And one day I realized that I have so much numbers at my head, I have so much information, and I see that there is massive opportunities for optimization because uh, the same agency can charge different brand managers absolutely differently, just depending on how strict and scrutinizing this uh, brand manager is. And so I say, guys, I don't know what is procurement, but I heard something about that. I think I have a very good ambitions to launch this uh, department, uh, which consists of only myself in our company. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, I was said, okay, go go ahead. And this is what my local domestic launch of procurement and after that uh, the more professional journey started i moved to nokia and it was the bright part of my procurement journey here i started my international career and uh, later i was working for nokia and running the eurasia and the western europe market later it was microsoft mobile which is also part of nokia Later, it was Societe Generale and Philips Lighting, where I was responsible for Central Eastern Europe, which is 15 markets in Eastern Europe. And it was really interesting. Currently, I'm working mainly for Procurement Excellence, which is a subject of our discussions. So it's about myself. <laughs> no, no, that's a really cool intro. And uh, your story about how you started a procurement team just within the business with just you is one that I've actually heard quite a few times from different people over the last couple of years. It's kind of how they got into it is, oh, they had all of this data, they had all of this knowledge, and they kind of saw an opportunity and things just happened. And suddenly they're a procurement team of one and a procurement department of one. It's, it's kind of cool. But yeah, to your point uh, about this idea of excellence, what's your definition of procurement excellence? Uh, well, before I give my definition, let's make a kind of a journey because I think that if everyone asks about uh, procurement excellence, uh, the answer depends a lot of uh, whom you ask. And I think that uh, traditionally procurement excellence is something about meeting stakeholders' requirements, whether these requirements may be quite mature, quite uh, transformational or very technical, just bring me what I need. Later, I saw some definitions like uh, it should be about management of risks or maybe about increasing the overall competitiveness of the company. As I know, PwC said that procurement excellence is about aligning of procurement strategy to the business strategy and the kind of cooperation um, between these uh, targets. And to me, procurement excellence is the way from traditional procurement to the transformation uh, of procurement into the digital savvy organization. So to me, it's first, it's a combination of uh, techniques, methodologies, disciplines, which is aimed to transform uh, traditional procurement into the digitally savvy procurement and which helps procurement individuals to excel in growth, in innovation, in social impact, and into the overall company performance. So it's <laughs> like that. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good explanation there, especially when they move away from sort of traditional procurement. Your PWC example there, I quite like their take on it, actually. It's quite uh, nice, but probably without too much detail there. But yeah, it's, it's certainly a good one. So talking about like how we can reimagine this, like how I see this at the moment is there's probably a lot of teams that are working in sort of a more traditional manner. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a, a criticism. But there's probably quite a lot of work to do to get to a point of procurement excellence. So what should procurement experts focus on to achieve this? Mm. Okay. Well, I think that you think about the reimagination of procurement. I think we should admit that procurement people consider it as a supporting function. So maybe I will challenge the Mr. Porter value chain, if you remember. Mm, yeah. It was created 30 plus years ago, and uh, there is some primary parts of the business and the secondary supporting parts of the business. And uh, surprise, surprise, procurement is somewhere in supporting functions. And I think it's defined the role of procurement for many years uh, because stakeholders and many people around consider procurement as a purely supporting functions without any strategical impact. And I know that procurement people do not agree with it. But uh, the case is that one, you are assessed, you are assessed by savings and maybe by cash flow. And say advanced company, you may be assessed uh, by keeping the management the tail spent, by keeping the approved supplier list. But everything is about your commercial impact, uh, which is usually measured year to year. But to me, I think it's uh, played a very bad joke to procurement because, well, if you are uh, supporting functions, it means that all investments in your technologies is done on a residual principle. So the sales, the marketing, the product management, they got the investments at the first part of the year and the first step. Uh, but regarding the procurement, I don't know many companies which can say, okay, we have a lot of investments in ourselves as a technological leaders. And I think if we reimagine the procurement excellence, first we should uh, say goodbye to the Mr. Porter value chain and to say, okay, if we are transforming, we should transform in terms of technologies, in terms of mindset, in terms of leadership. And procurement excellence, uh, the team, the center of procurement excellence is mainly the people who are targeted to play the leadership role in this transformation. So it's about how we can reimagine it. And I think that if a business will close the eyes on this issue, I think it will be quite a dangerous situation for the business itself. Because we will talk a little bit later maybe about that procurement may be a supporting function, but since everyone is talking about the customer centricity, I think we can help here. But Again, we need to be digitally savvy. Yeah, it's a good point on the Porter analysis there. I've spoken to a few people over the last year or so, and it kind of feels like procurement has almost held on to old matrices that were created in the 70s and 80s as gospel, and we can never move away from it. And I remember studying a few years back, maybe maybe it was about six years ago, the SIPs, and everything was kind of from the 70s and 80s. And I was kind of amazed at that point that I was thinking, like, this, this surely can't reflect the direction of the, the profession. But when it's getting zoned in on everyone in the profession and outside of the profession, there's no surprises really that often procurement is considered to be a sort of servant or a support function. 
to your point then, we've kind of set out what procurement excellence is, maybe some of the, the issues around porters and the viewpoint that we've got around it. Are there any specific strategies then that we can have to become sort of technologists, to become, I guess, a more leading figure within the business as opposed to a support function? Like, where are the starting points there where teams can be like, hey, we can we can start doing that one thing and we can transform our viewpoint within the business here? Okay. Well, maybe I'll try to describe it step by step, but definitely there are several pillars which we should keep in mind. And I think the first thing, it's I think now it's the right time for this transformation because, look, we had three years at least of the global crisis. And when you're in a global crisis, uh, I think things are moving a little bit faster. And all the previous uh, judgment, previous sacred call, they look not so obvious. And you can start challenging them right now. Based on my example, this year we didn't have the savings target. I think it was the first time in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when I said, okay, guys, look, we can spend a lot of time to calculate savings. And I know that if we compare year to year, there will be no savings. Maybe there will be savings during the bid, during purchasing procedure. Okay, there will be. But uh, let's not waste the time for calculating the savings. Let's invest the resources and the time of people who can do it into the building of real-time analytics, uh, into the process mining, and something more intelligent. And maybe we will put in other KPIs, which are all about keeping the management of the cash flow or uh, having enough items on the stock, means the business continuity. And I think it worked because, again, let's think that now is exactly right period of time when you can challenge everything you have done before, particularly with the savings and KPIs, and you should gain certain resources to move your team forward. And later, uh, what's happened? What kind of uh, strategy the company may apply? First, they, as I said, uh, they should be quite loud about the technology upgrade, because you see, there is a lot of startups which can help you to be more competitive in procurements. We can start to deal with these companies, but you need a budget. So if you are a procurement excellence director, I think it's right time to challenge your uh, CEO and your CFO and say, guys, we need to invest into the procurement technologies. If you would like, we to be faster, we are transparent, and we can show you everything in a minute time. So we need to invest into the digital part of procurement. I think it's require a lot of strategies with the leadership of uh, CPO. And uh, I think many CPOs suffer from the fact that they're sitting on the kids' uh, table just next to the adults' table. And I say the big brothers or parents don't look very seriously on this little brother. And I think, again, it's good a good time to make changes. And it depends on many things. Uh, technologies, as I already mentioned it. First, I think uh, as a second, CPO should uh, change the mindset of his team and his people. And procurement people, they're really wired connected to the savings. They are not very, let's say, experimental. Because if uh, they spend time on experiments, they can make mistakes and uh, they do not achieve savings. Everything is bad. 
But I think that if we have enough room to experiment, to play with our process, to play with our data, I think we as a procurement will be much more uh, successful. And I think the strategy which CPO should drive is uh, giving enough room for experiments, like in product development, like in every other, let's say, creative and business oriented function. So again, give enough space for experiments. And I think the third part, if you have enough space for experiments, uh, you should be very consistent in explaining to your team and to your business that there will be no punishment. Because when I start to work with real-time data, I think it was really big resistance, both from the team and from the management, because a team, the big procurement team was quite scared because, well, if you show that we are not excellent in performing our KPIs, we will be fired. We don't want, we lose our bonus, we lose our salary, we lose our security. We don't want to deal with you on this matter. But I said, okay, guys, if not me who put it into the, on the table, there will be other departments who will do it on behalf of myself. And I think it's much worse. I think we should play the leadership role in showing and understanding who we are and what we are. And the second thing that CPO must bring this, maybe not ideal numbers, but real numbers to the board and to say, guys, just to be more consumer centric, just to be faster, just to be more, uh, let's say, um, efficient or effective, we need certain investments, we need certain support, and we will bring this, this, and this for such investments. I think there's three things, as I said, technologies, entrepreneurial mindset and experiments, and uh, the room to make mistakes, and the leadership, of course. I think there are four strategies that we should apply exactly at this period of time. Yeah, that, I, that's a really cool way to look at it, especially your point around creativity and procurement. It's really hard to come by at times. Everyone kind of does the same thing in the same way, the same organizations or same category types and having that room to flex and be creative and try new things out. And like you say, without the consequences of being sacked or being punished in some way by your business, if it doesn't turn out, I, I think that's a really cool way to push the profession on a lot further. So I'm with you on that. Actually, last week I was reading through your article. I'll read it. It's the procurement excellence as the hidden treasury. It's got the uh, wonderful diagram as the header. I won't pull it up on screen or anything, but uh, I thought it was really good for one. Uh, and I love to see people writing creatively as well, just to, to the point I just made there about procurement. And I wanted to ask like, what makes procurement excellence a hidden treasury for your business? Oh, okay. Uh, why it's hidden? What, what's hidden? Hidden is something you cannot find immediately. You need to reinvent the way to find it, to make it obvious. And just after you make it obvious, you need to extract the immediate value. And I think that uh, excellence is uh, something when you do common things in uncommon way. And it's exactly what we should do in procurement. We will still continue to deal with the suppliers. It will be very common things we continue to do. But we should do it looking from other perspectives, looking from other angles and considering different point of view. 
means that we should be, let's say, get more creative in uh, assessing what we are doing. And as I state, we uh, have to fix the status as is, which may be not perfect, but we should be courage enough to do it. And in my article, I mentioned four pillars like data, processes, people capabilities and knowledge management. And I think it's all, uh, this is the perspective that we need to assess in procurement before we do everything else. And if uh, we're perfect in all of these four dimensions, I think we will excel in every other part of procurement, uh, whether it's, uh, say, source to pay, risk management, contract management, master data management, everything else, which is a bigger family of procurement disciplines. So, again, we are more, um, maybe I'm talking about some basic stuff in terms of every other business, like product or business of project management. But I think we should really care about our data and our process. Because, well, uh, I think that if you ask every procurement uh, specialist or managers what are the main hurdle, they will say that, okay, it's a lot of systems and a lot of gaps and a lot of unalignments between processes. And I think procurement people suffer a lot from that. And I think the role of procurement excellence just to extract these hidden values from the harmonization of the total processes and IT staff landscape. That's why it's hidden treasure. That's really useful. And just one other point regarding that article that I just wanted to get some elaboration on was the mention of business and data analysts being equipped within, I assume within like that procurement team, that procurement excellence team. Could you talk a little bit more to that? Because it's an idea that kind of fascinates me in some way. And another guest that I've had on this podcast has done that exact thing within their sort of wider procurement supplier management team. And it just sounds wonderful. Okay, thank you. Uh, let me uh, share some things. Maybe one point to add to the previous question, and I will definitely link it to the question yeah, about please. business and data and systems analysts. Look, when you start to change something on your procurement excellence, sometimes people expect some linear progress. Means you do this and immediately have certain impact, brilliant impact. But it doesn't work this way. And usually you have to do a lot of invisible steps, invisible to other people. And step by step, it gives you a big progress. And particularly these people like data analysts and business analysts will really help you to track this progress. Because, you know, people get used to the good things immediately. They do not notice and do not remember anything bad that they dealt, uh, say, one year before. Maybe in previous December, they worked in Excel, in spreadsheets, and it was nice. Now they deal with a trusted number in uh, other systems, they no longer deal with Excel, but they don't remember it. And when they ask you, what you have been done, Natalia, for the whole year, I can say, guys, look, one year before, you dealt with the spreadsheets. Now, not. Okay, yes, but we already accepted it as a part of our life. And why I'm talking about the larger procurement team? Well, if you are a category manager, if you are, say, buyer, you don't have time to, let's say, invent something and to analyze something, to see trends, because most probably you will be really busy with your operational issues. So there should be someone who has a helicopter view, and it's not exactly the uh, top-level management. It should be someone who is 
taking the numbers, who is tracking the event logs from systems, and can show the pictures of how the work is organized in procurement. And then show you and say, guys, here and here and here, we waste a lot of efforts. It uh, not necessarily depends on yourself. It may depend on stakeholders, on, let's say, finance, on legal, on suppliers, on whatever else. But this is our pictures. Let's think how to elaborate together the way to improve it. And usually business analysts, they help with it. Because business analysis, it's aimed to find the trends and the routes for improvement. And not necessarily to prove that you are excellent. Again, in one of my previous uh, employer, we have a team of analysts, but their job was just to calculate savings, to challenge us, and to show that, okay, this is your KPIs, you do good, you do bad, okay, here you green, here you yellow, here you red, but that's all. But it's not exactly what I need. I need to understand how we are dealing, how healthy or unhealthy we are. And I think business and business analysis really helps to see this picture and uh, to move forward. And I think that process mining, it's a new discipline, which is uh, between data analysis and business analysis, which really show how the process is running, where you have the bottlenecks. And I think it's start to be widely used in uh, procurement and many companies, not only in procurement, but it's uh, as a next step and the procurement can really innovate uh, in this area. And again, when we talk about system analytics, it, it's really worth to have someone, in you, some people in your team who are playing on your side, because I think it will be no surprise that we have plenty of systems which covers our procurement field, starting from ERP, SRM, contract management tool, like a database and something to track penalties or execution. And on top of that, we have master data and I would say kind of little zoo with wild animals. And uh, if you look at the process and uh, we are process mining, you really realize and that uh, people spend and waste a lot of time, let's say, to interconnect systems, to put certain data manually from one system to another, then to check and to make a kind of a comparison of why they do not match each other. And I think system analysts can help you with it because it's your bridge to IT. Maybe they cannot change something themselves in the system, but they can explain to IT guys what maybe to amend in these uh, big systems just to make your life easier and more efficient. And I think if you have this bunch of helpful analysts like data, business and system in your team, I think you will achieve much more. Believe me, it works. Maybe the results will be one year or later, but you need just to start and it will uh, give the fruits. Yeah. I'm in agreement with that. I think it's certainly the makeup of the procurement team of the very near future. I hope at least anyway, <laughs> we may be uh, wrong on that one. And sorry, I just want to wrap this up with just a few final questions now. And one that I always like to ask is, what are some of the best practices you would recommend to other procurement professionals for them to excel within their careers or within their businesses? Like what was maybe one piece of advice you could give there? Since before that, we talked about the technical stuff and digital stuff. Now let's talk about more people stuff. First, uh, I would suggest to gather knowledge. 
and together in a structured way and to spread it in a company to educate your people and to educate stakeholders about yourself and about your best practice. So knowledge management is really a nice thing because you can train your people immediately. And, uh, well, maybe I would recommend to work somewhere else outside of procurement. I would say it resolves many issues. First, you stop to complain. You will be on other shoes. And when you have the broad vision and you start to sell yourself or you'll try to sell yourself and later you can be back to the procurement, you will be performing in absolutely different way. And I really wish procurement people to work somewhere else. I would say there are rotation programs in a company. I think it's a really good opportunity to test yourself. Okay, if you find yourself happy in other profession, I think there will be one more happy person on the globe. It's absolutely fine if you do not return to procurement. But if you decided to be back, I think the whole procurement community will have a really bright and person with a wider horizons. Another thing I would uh, suggest in terms of people development is uh, to influence HR partner to run a training for procurement people on analytics, on sales skills, and maybe on agile, because it's uh, really about the interesting rituals. It's about um, the dealing with uncertainty and working with the current state of mind. And for salespeople, I would really advise to be on training where they play the role of procurement. I think it's magic. I have been at such a training in Nokia. It was a store war, so it's quite old story, but it was really good things for synergy. And salespeople later came to me and said, okay, now I do respect you. I understand what you're doing. It's really tough. So I think this... Interconnection between the people uh, and understanding each other's skills and challenges is very useful things. And procurement TPO should express really clearly that it's our wants, that's our needs, and we needed to make our people as bright as salespeople because it's pretty the same uh, skills in procurement and in sales. And maybe the last thing uh, is kind of best practice. I would really encourage senior procurement people to try to play the Scrum Master role, to get kind of education in this area. Because what's it about? Just not to go to this uh, yeah, no absolutely Scrum methodologist. But okay, this is someone who doesn't have uh, the authorities, but someone who influences indirectly and protect uh, the team, encourage team and create the atmosphere for the team to do what they need to do in a certain period of time. And uh, I think it's a very good example because quite often procurement people are disturbed with urgent requests. You need to do these things, later you need to switch your attention to another things. But okay, if you are a nice manager, if you are people-oriented manager, you need to build this atmosphere and consequence of actions that allows people to be more productive. Try yourself. Test yourself in this role. It's really difficult because you don't have a power of attorney. And the team, it's not only your subordinate. It's finance, it's uh, stakeholders, it's everyone who is the source to pay chain. And it's, it's really, really big challenge. But it's worth to try. That's why I do recommend CPO or senior manager to try this uh, Scrum methodologies on their own shoulders. Maybe it sounds a little bit unusual, but it's worth. Yeah, that's a good point. No, for sure. And um, 
we've had a bit of a, a digital focus at parts throughout this conversation. So what's one piece of tech that you absolutely can't live without? It could be hardware, software. What's one piece that you love? BI at Salonis. Yeah. Since again, I'm outside of operational procurement, but I influence on them. First, this year we work very I'd say closely with a BI, uh, business intelligence tool, and Thelonious, which is a process mining tool. BI help us to test a hypothesis, maybe how to deal better with numbers, how to assess better. Because look, if you Thelonious is much harder to amend, it's much harder to customize it. But if you make the mistakes, maybe you make the further mistakes in judgment, in interpretations on what's going on. And it's much better to test it on BI, which is, can take uh, one, two, three, say, a week time. And if your hypothesis works well, later you challenge uh, and ask uh, Salonius guys to make certain amendments in uh, their in the whiteboards, in the pictures, in the dashboards, and it shows better, more trustworthy results. And I think this is two technological pieces I cannot live without it's BI and Salonius. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. It's a cool partnership there for sure. And uh, the last question, which is always a bit of a weird one for me to ask, but I'm a procurement genie. You've got one wish that I can grant. What would that wish be? Uh, well, dear genie, <laughs> uh, let me ask you before the Christmas time that every non-procurement person spending some time in procurement. Yeah, that's great. I think it will be a really nice experience uh, and uh, it will be a really nice way um, to look broader on the many issues. This is what I wish. It's a very positive experience because at the end of the day, you will gain the end-to-end -end experience because we as a procurement, we are not seeing too much what we are doing behind the scene. Yes, we are treated on savings. It's only um, a little piece of iceberg. But uh, what we do behind, it's amazing. That's great. No, I, I like that wish. That's uh, certainly one that I would uh, like to see. But Natalia, it's been wonderful talking to you today. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Procurement Reimagined is brought to you by Gatekeeper. To find out more about Gatekeeper and how our vendor and contract lifecycle management solution is delivering visibility, control, and compliance to our customers, visit www.gatekeeperhq.com. And then make sure to search for Procurement Reimagined in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Gatekeeper, thanks for listening.